So, Rudy, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan concluded their pre-draft press conference today, and it had to have been probably the vaguest press conference we've ever heard from them to date. And so it got me thinking a little bit. If we had to give a similar press conference to the podcast press, you know, what would that look like? You know, like, for example, so so just roll with me here. I'm going to role play a little bit and just, you know, just shoot off the hip. All right. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Solis, Mr. Solis, Mr. Mr. Solis, the third uh, question today. You know, everyone, there's been a lot of anticipation all month. Um, what can we expect from you and Raymond on Thursday night's Goldcast episode? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, asked that question, Raymond. So we are most likely going to produce an episode of the Goldcast. We're pretty sure about 100 percent, maybe 50 percent, maybe not. Probably not, but we most likely will. We're probably going to talk about various sports. Could be the Niners, could be the Warriors, could be the Giants, could be all three, could be none of them. Maybe we go with the Sharks. We never talked about the Sharks before, but maybe this week we do. I think it's important that the podcasting world not know what exactly we're going to be talking about each episode. we got to keep that secret. But I want you to know that whatever we produce, you're going to love it. You're going to be proud of it. It's going to be good. But I'm not saying we're producing a show, but I'm saying if we do, it's going to be good. But even if we don't, it'll still be good. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Who's who's next? Now, Raymond, if the Goldcast audience wants to hear more vague responses from us, where can they find us? Ooh, good question. You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. And if you are on the YouTube, make sure to hit a like and a subscribe because that tells YouTube algorithm what to do with our video. And make sure to let the hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified when we go live on the line, as we say here. And make sure to tune in extra closely tonight and Thursday because the hammer's dropping this week. You all know what I'm talking about. you damn right the hammer's dropping. The next franchise quarterback of the future is going to be chosen by Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on Thursday. But first, we have our final reactions to their pre-draft press conference that happened today. This is our reactions, our six favorite takeaways, and just a look at the stats. And we just kind of just an overall reaction, and then we end with our final thoughts before the draft, where we think your head should be going into Thursday. And of course, on Thursday, do not forget, we'll be dropping an episode post-draft. We'll be dropping an episode right after the pick is chosen, our instant reactions. You don't want to miss it. It'll come out a little bit later at night, obviously, but you do not want to miss it. This is going down. But first, the greatest intro in the game is about to drop. Your professor of fanalism, I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! 
Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Raymond, man, I almost knocked my headset off. That's how that's how pumped I was. <laughs> your head almost went boom. <laughs> my head almost went boom. The, the whole thing went boom. Kyle Shannon behind me, he almost went boom. Uh, so, Raymond, the pre-draft press conference with Shanahan and Lynch was today. This is the official 49ers draft week. It's not the NFL draft week. It's the 49er draft week. If you go onto every show, every YouTube channel, every ESPN show, every NFL network show, every sports show out there covering the draft, the number one topic, the first topic is what are the 49ers doing at number three? It's been amazing. It's been great to just see our team front and center, first first segment on every news sports news source. That is what we what I see. That is what we deserve. Now, Raymond... This press conference today was amazing. It was hilarious. I think Shanahan's ability to be so vague and so like like over the top on how confusing he wanted to be at times was really great. And he gave some, although he said them very earnestly, he gave some really smart ass answers that I was like, man, you know, if you said that kind of thing in grade school, you'd, you would have gotten in a lot of trouble. Uh, it was great. Uh, first of all, before we begin, before we break down our initial takeaways, our reactions to this great press conference, I want to know what was your initial impression of, of overall, just their their the way they approached this. Well, I think Kyle Shanahan's better at you know kind of throwing little jabs at the media than John Lynch is. John Lynch is so more like vanilla, diplomatic, very standard PR general statement. It's not his forte, whereas Kyle is a little a little looser about it. So and I think he takes pleasure in it because I know I'm sure behind the curtains, because we don't have to hide behind the curtains on this show. But I know behind those curtains, he probably gets irritated with the press just as much as we do. In fact, probably more so because he knows everything there is to know about football. And it's got to be so asinine to get asked some of the inane questions that get thrown his way on a weekly basis from sports writers who are just fans like us, to, you know, to their credit. But also, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we won't name any names, <coughs> but, you know, sometimes they, you know, they, they, they fudge things up with stupid questions. Although to, to, uh, to uh, the 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 those who not will, who will not be named, he didn't um, ask too many stupid questions today. He actually asked two. Uh, his second question was the most poignant poignant question of the two that he asked. You know what? Actually, can I cut you off right there? Which one was him? Because I was trying to figure that out. I couldn't quite hear. He's the uh, he's the one who asked about Mike McGlinchey at the at the very end. Oh, okay, okay, that was him. Because I knew he was one of those guys. I was like, it was I, straight up too. It was a straight up question and. They got a straight up answer. So it was, it was one of the better questions because it was the only question that we actually got something out of. Everything else was dodging, circling around the bush. It was like dodgeball. It was like verbal dodgeball today. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of those press conferences that like Marvel directors and actors have to do all the time when they're like, so this new Avengers movie, what do you think's going to happen? What happens with the character? Well, events take place. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> Villains are fought. Wars are waged. I'm in it. Everyone here on the panel's in it. 
We have lines. We we say lines. We 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 speak. There's a couple special effects moments, and uh, and then it wraps up, and then you know, and then we get a you know we get a little uh, uh, post credit scene, and that's it. <laughs> like like they, that's kind of how they responded to everything. They sounded like a bunch of actors on a on a uh, on a on a uh, NDA after signing an NDA contract and after having performed in a Marvel movie. They're just like, well, I can't answer any question you have. We, we, we hope the fans are going to love it, which is exactly what John and Kyle said, or more John than Kyle, but John was like, we hope the fans will be happy with once we make the, the decision. I think we're all going to have a sign of relief once they make this damn decision. Several people said that. Several people said that, how much they just can't, can't wait for this to be over. I, in particular, have really enjoyed this journey. It's been great. It's been wonderful to just, I mean, the Niners literally blew up the draft. We blew it up. This one move, just, I mean, the ramifications across the league. And I, I think we're going to see more ramifications on Thursday take place. The the fact that they went so bold. And I think this really goes, going back to the very first draft with John Lynch when he made that trade with uh, the Chicago Bears to go up and unfortunately get Solomon Thomas, who unfortunately did not pan out the way he wanted, but then was unable to get back in the draft and grab Ruben Foster at the end. We've seen from the very beginning that John Lynch is not afraid to make big moves, and you really have to be in an NFC West that's aggressive as ours. I would say the other team that's been equally as aggressive as us has been the Rams. You know, the, albeit of a different style and a different philosophy, they've been more about grabbing the big free agent. You know, they literally basically bought a team in 2017 to take them to the Super Bowl, which they achieved. Unfortunately, they weren't able to win, but they bought a team. That got them there. It, it 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 worked insofar as that they got to the Super Bowl. You know, they weren't able to seal the deal, but it worked, you know. And so them going out and getting Matt Stafford, I think this third this 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 third year with Jimmy G injured again for the season and the Rams going to get Matt Stafford, I think it became very apparent to the 49ers that it was time they needed to draft a quarterback. They needed to grab a quarterback that they could get from his rookie year and groom him from the beginning so that all he's ever knows is the Shanahan system. And I think that was really important. And then also, obviously, hopefully, to grab a quarterback that was going to be more durable and one we can rely on physically more than Jimmy G. And they they straight up addressed that. And it's in one of it's in my my top six favorite moments of the conference. But but before we get into that, Ray. I want you to start, and let's begin first with just the numbers, the amount of time that these guys put in into trying to find the right quarterback to lead the 49ers into the next phase of the franchise. Yeah, this was some crazy stats that I'd never really heard before. I don't know if John went over these similar stats last season. Certainly not the I, I'm pretty sure he did not do that last season and I don't recall him doing that in 2019. But according to John Lynch and staff, everybody involved in this whole process, they went to 176 games and practices. That's with COVID. They took part in, according to John Lynch, nearly 400 Zoom calls with schools. They made countless calls and texts to get background information. They interviewed, this is crazy, nearly 600 players in person, by phone, or by Zoom. That has got to be a nonstop, exhaustive process to get 600 players. That means you're just doing that all day in some regard. And... They, he said that was a collective effort, so it was some. So it says it was him and Kyle and scouts and coaches. So I imagine that he didn't interview all six hundred players, but I mean certain 
scouts and coaches were also doing interviews as well. So it was like, like he said, a collective effort. Not everybody was on. No one person was at every single one of those interviews. They covered 128 separate pro days. They have roughly 160 draftable players between the, the eight picks that they got. Eight or nine picks, something like that. And they were permit the number of players they were permitted to officially give physicals to was 150, which is down from 350, according to John Lynch. And that they've done extensive research on over 350 players. So 350 potential draftees. So that's got to include, um, that has to include uh, players that are outside of the draft. Well, they did say, I don't know if you caught this one, but at the end of all those numbers, Lynch said that they came away with, of uh, of those players, there was, I believe, 160 that landed on their particular draft board. That out of, out of that whole 350, that there was, I believe, 160 that are on their actual draft board. These are the 160 guys that be- we believe we're capable of drafting. And it just depends on who falls to us. Which is you know? like single-digit picks. Imagine if they had like 10 or 12 picks. Like that 160 has got to be significantly higher. Okay, so they've got roughly... They got nine picks after the trade to, to three. And... It's obviously this isn't an even divide the math it, it, at least on their board it's not going to be an even divide but for the sake of this demonstration it's going to be even if we divide 160 by those nine picks that's 17 players 17 potential players per pick that they've got i mean imagine if they have two three or four more picks on that board then you've got you know 17 times four um more players that they have to put on that board. It's just wild. I mean, this is simple math here. It's not gonna. It's not gonna end up like this on their board, um, because we know that on the draft they've only talked about five quarterbacks. So we know with that one position, they've got you know a couple of players that they know are probably gonna go one and two, and then they've got the three that they will potentially grab at number three. Um, so that's um, that's insanity. Um, I'm I'm gl- it takes a village. To, to do what these guys have done. So so credit to the staff and getting all that stuff prepared because I know it's draft is never easy, but it's always an exciting time as a Niner fan. I think a, a lot there's a lot to be said about how successful the Niners have been. We've been able to, if you go through all of the Lynch drafts, we've been able to grab either generational talent at one position or another or really, really strong talent at one or several positions. So, I mean, the to walk away with the players we have, to walk away with a George Kittle, to walk away with a Mike McGlinchey, to walk away with a Nick Bosa, I mean, these guys, a Fred Warner, you know, these guys, th- these are huge, huge gets. And I don't think we're done. And I think the amount of work that they put into the quarterback position, I think we're going to be all right. So, Raymond, j- let's move on to my six favorite moments from the press conference. Okay, these are these are the six most they're the the best responses that we got. Okay, so I'm going to be uh, paraphrasing. I'm going to be paraphrasing, but not changing. So everything everything that you hear from my responses is from the actual transcript of the press conference. But I'll be paraphrasing. I'm taking my favorite responses because sometimes Shanahan would speak in these giant paragraphs. I'm just taking the responses I like the most. Uh, but some, and I sometimes paraphrase the question too because some of the questions were a little winded. 
So number one, the first question that uh, my favorite question that was lobbied at them. Do you guys know who you're going to pick at number three? Has all this research changed who you're going to pick at number three? That's that's kind of my basic of that question. Shanahan. I feel good that there are five guys at number three. So do we know exactly who we want? Maybe. Probably. Maybe not. <laughs> that was my best. <laughs> Oh, my God. That answer was the best. I'm going to repeat it one more time. So do we know exactly who we want? Maybe, probably, but maybe not. (laughs) That's the best answer. And then he said, I don't feel like we need to say that. And that's not just for our case, but lots of stuff happens uh, between now and the draft. And we don't we don't want the whole league knowing exactly what you're set on four days before the draft. I don't know if I want the league to know. I don't think it necessarily helps, and that's why no one's really going to know whether we know or not until we pick. That's kind of what we're comfortable keeping it at. And Lynch was like, what he said. <laughs> that's all Lynch said. That was the best. That was my favorite moment. Just the the double speak of Shanahan going in like three or four different directions was so good. It sounds like they still haven't revealed to their assistants to avoid any leaks leading up to Thursday. You know what? I was watching ESPN Today, and ESPN Today finally said that information. Some Somebody. You know, this is what I think is great about being on the West Coast. There's, like, no ESPN NFL Network insiders. These guys, everything they do is so kind of over the top and is not really – there's not a whole lot of basis. It's all hearsay. You know, we don't have any inside guys over here, which is great. Very hard for things to leak out of San Francisco. But um, from what they said, they said that the only, only Lynch, Shanahan, and, and Jed York know. That's it. All right, so number two, my, my the second question I really enjoyed. This was uh, uh, basically the question was why should should the the how about how Mac Jones is a wildly unpopular pick amongst fan base, and why should they not be worried about Mac Jones? So Shanahan said, everyone's excited to draft a quarterback. If you would have been excited about one of these guys at twelve, then you should be excited at three. It's about whether you get one. So let us go through the process. We're going to get a good one, which I got excited when he said that. He goes, I think the way our years have gone in the past few years, especially when Jimmy's gotten hurt, I think our fan base agrees with that. And they'll be happy that we're going to solve that problem this year. I hope it's the one you want, but we'll see. Basically, whoever you want that day, make that judgment later. Let's see how they help our team out. And that was definitely a moment where I was like, are they getting Mac Jones? Like That almost felt kind of Mac Jonesian. Yeah, and I, I was getting that too because I was like, wait, you already had a guy in mind and you felt that he was going to possibly be available at 12. Of all the quarterbacks that have been discussed at, at nauseum at this point, Mac Jones is one of those guys with the exception of Chris Sims and like a few, a small minority of people. Mac Jones was one of those guys that was believed to be one of those guys that, that was going to fall later. Because he, even though Chris Sims says he's NFL ready, he just thinks that the skill set of all the other quarterbacks outweighs him so much that he would have just fallen off the charts because everyone would want to take one of the dynamic players. Because outside of Mac Jones, everyone else, Trevor Lawrence, um, Lance, Fields, and then Zach Wilson, those are all dynamic dual threat quarterbacks. And Mac Jones is the one guy who's not. And I think the possibility of him falling to 12, it almost made me think like, oh, is was he really thinking Mac Jones and then moved up to three to guarantee him the Mac Jones? 
yeah, it was definitely a moment I was a little nervous about, and I was like, mm. I, again, I'll, I'm going to save my comments on what I think about if they choose Mac Jones for the end. So we'll we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, number three. Uh, that guy says, uh, he the one que- he had two questions, but here's the one I I I, I was most interested in the response. Uh, can you say with certainty that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the roster uh, on Sunday? Shanahan's response. I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. <laughs> so I so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Uh, so that goes for all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That was so good. I was, uh, I was like, you know what? In this post-COVID uh, 2021 world, that's probably actually maybe the most honest response he could give. <laughs> he said, you can't even guarantee he was going to be alive on Sunday, let alone was going to be on the roster. And he was like, that even goes for us. He's like, hey, hey, even I can get fired. Even I can be gone. Even I can get fired. And what Sunday did he mean? Did he mean the Sunday of the of this week? Or like starting Sunday? You know what? It's so funny because I was like, did he mean Sunday when the draft is technically over or did he mean Sunday? Like, I I don't know either. I was wondering the same thing. Like week one. Yeah, like week one. Like week one Sunday or draft Sunday? I was thinking draft Sunday, but maybe they meant as we're unpacking it, maybe they meant regular season Sunday. I, I Either way, Raymond, I was about to say we don't even know who's hosting the Goldcast next Sunday. So it could be anybody. Right. We have no idea. And, you know, that goes for both of us. It <laughs> goes for both of us. <laughs> Number four. How this is a good one. This is the, the several of these addressed specific things that we had been hearing or had heard earlier earlier on, and I appreciated that. And here was a big one that I thought deserved us highlighting. How much disagreement has there been internally on this decision? And how do you guys kind of go through working through that? Shanahan, I don't think there's been a lot of disagreement. There's opinions, there's conviction. That's what we want. If you're going to ask people's opinion, I think you better listen to it. And we ask people to be con- convicted. We don't group think. Actually, that was Lynch. I don't think that was uh, Shanahan. I think so. I, now I'm getting mixed up. But pretty sure that was Lynch. But we don't group think. We've seen this before. We've seen these moments where where they've tried to accuse uh, Shanahan Lynch of, of there being all this internal strife. We heard this last year, right? This came out before the season last year, uh, before the 2019 season that Lynch and Shanahan don't get along and there's all this arguing and there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of chaos and, and dysfunctionality between the two. And then they came out and they were like, we know who said that and we know what they had to gain from that. And that's not true. Like, go ahead. You could say that, but like, we're fine. And they are fine. I mean, they're kids. They hang out with each other's wives and kids. They go. They get together at barbecues. I mean, they do things. You know, it's, it's uh, th- th- that's not a thing. And Lynch also said, very early earlier on in the conference, he, in the press conference, he had said that he, that he said he thought it would be very foolish, even though he has the final say on the draft. He thought it would be very foolish, to not, not um, defer to Shanahan when it came to the quarterback, who's he's also the offensive play caller. You know, so he, he he said he thought they'd be very foolish, but he said, but then he also respected the fact that Shanahan uh, is interested in his opinion and asks his opinion. So, you know, I think there's I think this is a really great working relationship. And, and I think this once again kind of goes to strengthen this idea that there is no real dysfunctionality here. All right. So let's move on to number five. Second to last one. Once again, we go back to Jimmy on the topic of Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you look at you? Do you look? How do you look at a situation at this point? How's he handling this? And what do you expect Thursday night's impact to be on his future with the team? 
Great question. Shanahan. I mean, the biggest thing with Jimmy is his injuries, and that's been very tough for us when he's been hurt. It's happened two of these three years. I mean, how many times have we said that on the Goldcast? And I've said this a million times. If we see it, if the Goldcast Empire sees it, if the 49er faithful see it, they see it. They, don't, 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 don't think for one second that we're not smarter than these guys. These guys have forgotten more football than we'll ever know. And so I appreciated, I appreciated that he had said that. Um, and he says, that's, it's happened two of, the, of these three years, and that's where it starts. And Jimmy knows that. I've been very upfront with him with everything. When you take a rookie quarterback and you have a veteran like Jimmy, who we know we can win with, just to move on from something, from just to move on from that is something that it's not easy to do. That is a good situation for us, and I think that's something that will be important to us this year. So there we go. Kind of once again backing the Jimmy situation and again reemphasizing what you and I have talked about. To just turn over the keys to this team, to a rookie quarterback in the toughest division in the NFL with, with just nothing but sharks and piranhas coming at you every single Sunday to a guy who's had no experience in one of the toughest, most complicated offensive systems that there is in the league, I just think that's foolish. Jimmy's won at a really high level and proven he can win at a really high level, and that's what we're going to need going forward. And we're going to need that at least through this year. We'll see what happens. Hey, best case scenario, Jimmy takes us to another Super Bowl and we're hoisting Lombardi. That, that's that's an amazing situation situation to have, and it'll be no problem. And it, hey, if the quarterback has to sit for a second year, so be it. Sit for a second year. That, what's the harm? You know, that I, I, what I'm hoping, Raymond, is I hope this puts a fire under Jimmy G's butt, and I hope he really balls out this year. That's what I really want from him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, no surprise there. And it's exactly, you know, I've heard some people, including Matt Mayoko, who says, like, there's been times when Shanahan's been frustrated with Jimmy's progression. I was like, I was like, sure. I was like, but every coach in the history of the sport whether they're a Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler, or average, is going to be frustrated with their quarterback at some time or another. Bill Walsh benched Joe Montana on more than one occasion. Steve Young got into it with his offensive coordinator and coach at times. Tom Brady, we know Tom Brady has gotten into it with Bill Belichick and offensive coordinators at times. Um, all this stuff. Uh, Dan Marino, all these guys. So that's not a big surprise, but or that's not a, that's not a it's normal is what I'm saying. But the main impetus for this move has less to do with Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set as a quarterback and almost 90% of it, 95%, I would argue, has to do with his health. If he cannot be on the field, then he cannot be the starting quarterback by default. And I get it, you know, that even after his torn ACL, he he became less mobile after that. He was a little bit more mobile before that, and he became less mobile after that. And became even more confined to the pocket, <clears throat> which is fine for Shanahan because you you have to win from the pocket anyways, eventually. So and more often than not, but for Jimmy's sake, you know, like that that was the only issue. That was the only thing I saw. I mean, yeah, the the picks were annoying at times because sometimes they seemed a little boneheaded. Like, what was he thinking there? But for the most part, he was more than double on that ratio. So I was more often than not, you were going to get him making the right throw at the right time than him making a boneheaded throw. And rare, that led to a 13-3 and three record. So clearly, those picks were not as costly as they could have been. 
Um, so yeah, this has everything to do with health and not much more. I agree. And I appreciated Kyle Shanahan addressing that and kind of putting the stamp on, on some things that you and I have been saying for months on, on the Goldcast. I mean, you can tell that he's obviously an avid listener and most likely a subscriber, and he's probably given us five stars at least three times. I would I'm just guesstimating here. I'm just kind of, you know, just, just guessing. But I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. All right, so Raymond, final, final response. My last one uh, that I thought was awesome. The... <laughs> They asked, one of the reporters asked, what do you like about Mac Jones? This, is my, this, this was outside of the very first response on number one. This is my second favorite. He goes, I like that. I like that him, along with four other guys, I think are capable of being our starting NFL quarterback and capable of winning with. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> what do you like about Mac Jones? I think that him and four other guys are capable of starting in the NFL, being on our team. That's what I like about him. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> That's great. That's great. And then the last thing he said, which was really good, is once you make an or organizational decision that we need to get a starting quarterback, you look into all the options of how to get them, and you watch the ones you felt you had an option with, and then, uh, and which he was referring to the ones in the league. And then you look into college and where you think you can get them. The last thing I really liked is that he was talking about mobile quarterback versus pocket passer, and he was saying, like, to him, there's not really – there's many ways you can win in the league. And he says, you know, he says you could put Drew Brees in any era. He would have been great as a traditional pocket passer. He said, I think you could have put Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in any era. They would have been great. Deshaun Watson, same thing. You know, he, he even mentioned Deshaun, uh, someone who I think is probably way back in his rearview mirror at this point, but who was at the forefront probably about three months ago. So, uh, you know, again, I don't really think – a lot of people said this is this takeaway shows to me that they're going to go with Mac Jones. I'm like, well, you guys kept asking on Mac Jones, so he's going to respond to your questions about Mac Jones. I don't necessarily think that means he's getting Mac Jones. I've also seen articles that have said the opposite. Oh, they they think this means he's going to draft Justin Fields. Well, I don't know if that's the case either. I think I'm actually kind of believe the one thing he said was like, we are going to know for sure on Thursday. Like, I think they might be weighing it all the way. I think Kyle Shannon's going to sleep on it, and on Thursday morning he's going to wake up and he's going to know who he wants to draft. And I think right now he might be leaning towards one of these guys, but he's juggling them. I'm going to say one thing about Mac Jones, and then I'm done, and I'm going to pass it to you. You know, our, our cousin Troy, he, we, he talked about this with us, and I agree. I have given up on caring who this pick is. I think you could argue I have never really cared who the pick is the whole time. I mean, most of the, you know, almost every episode we've ever done about this, I haven't really cared. And I, I trust Shanahan and jo and Lynch. They have done so well at getting so much out of every player that they've had. And Shanahan's gotten the best out of every quarterback that's ever played under him. So whether it's Mack, whether it's, it's Fields, whether it's Trey Lance, uh, I think no matter what, we're going to be fine. And you know what? 49er faithful, like he said, just rally around them. Trust the process that they've gone through and know that at the end of the day, whoever they grab is going to be capable of playing and executing Shanahan's system at the highest level because that is what he demands and that is what he gets out of virtually anyone who plays. And so that is my that's kind of like my final closing argument as we head into the draft, which is two days away. Just 
let it go. We're going to be fine. If it's Mac Jones, he's going to ball. And when he's ra- raising that Lombardi, you're going to be like, damn, I'm so glad we got Mac Jones. If it's Justin Fields, he's going to ball. And when he's raising that Lombardi, you're going to be like, damn, so glad we got Justin Fields. Either way, it could be Jimmy G next year raising that Lombardi. And you'll be like, damn, I'm glad we stuck with Jimmy G one more year. Either way, it's going to happen. Shanahan, Lynch, they're too good. They're too aggressive. There's too much talent for this team to fail. And I do believe that somewhere in the next three years, we'll be hoisting that Lombardi. And either Jimmy G is going to be holding it or the new quarterback is. But we are going to do it. I think the main takeaway for me is that whoever they pick, and Brother Choi was spot on with that text message in our, in our family thread, that he's just given up and he's just going to put his trust into John and Kyle, even if it's different from the guy that he personally thought would have been the best fit. Because not only does Kyle and John know this sport way better than any of us, you can combine all of us fans together. We still won't know the sport as well as Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch do as it relates to this position. But more importantly, He believes that they can win a championship with whoever that quarterback is. I think he believes he can win it with Jimmy because obviously we got up to seven minutes left in the game and we were on the verge of winning that one. But I think in addition to that, he thinks that he can also win with whoever the quarterback they're going to pick on Thursday. He believes that. They're making this decision because they the goal is to win. The goal every season is to win. So they're selecting someone based on the belief that that person is capable of winning a Lombardi trophy. Not that in addition to not only just getting the best out of that player, but they believe that that player is good enough to lead the team to a championship and will be the future quarterback, meaning that we'll be able to compete for potentially multiple championships like we have in the past. So I that's the takeaway that I get. So if it's Mac Jones, then gosh, they must have seen something in that tape that you know that I didn't quite fully understand because they believe that this guy can win championships with us. So let's see what he's got. And if it's Fields, hey, they believe that this guy can win championships with Fields. Let's see what this kid's got because I know some not everyone's uh, sold on him. And Trey Lance, same thing. You know, same thing applies to him. So let's see what this kid can do. Because Kyle Shanahan believes he can win a Super Bowl with this kid. So he knows something that I don't. It, and it's not the reverse. It's it's absolutely that. So let's see what happens on Thursday. Because whoever it is, whoever the slinger is, it is someone that Kyle thinks we can win it all with. So let's have at it and win it all. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Raymond, what you're saying is the 49ers – Fan base should have faith. They should be faithful, is what you're saying. Yes. That's exactly I agree. what I'm saying. Raymond, we are going to be back on Thursday night after the draft to instant reactions to who the next franchise quarterback will be for the 49ers. The biggest move they have ever made to grab their number one, throwing all the chips in the middle of the table. Raymond, I am so pumped. I know you are too. And so let us know in the comments, do you agree with us? Will you back whoever Shanahan chooses on Thursday? Let us know. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and let us know right there in the comments. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And so concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cesar III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! 
We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel.